You give them something to eat. Um, Jesus? How are we supposed to do that? I mean, look around us. We have a crowd of thousands of people, and you want us to find something for them to eat. We are in the middle of scenic nowhere. Look around you. We're 2,000 years before McDonald's and the dollar menu came along. How are we going to get food for these people to eat? Even if we wanted to, even if there was a place where we could find food, we're talking two-thirds of a year's salary to try to even give people a little bit to eat, let alone a full meal. Lord, what you're asking us to do is literally impossible. Here's a better idea. How about you just say the word and send them home where they can get a real meal? That way, they get home before dark. Everyone will be fine. It's not our problem. Let somebody else give them something to eat. The disciples are just a little bit frazzled. Maybe you can see that in the text. And maybe more than just a little bit. I mean, can you blame them? Imagine Jesus coming to you and you're standing in this crowd of 10,000 plus people and he looks at you and he says, you, you're the one who's going to give this whole crowd something to eat. Talk about overwhelming. A crowd that could at least fill a fourth of Camden Yards and you want me to give them something to eat. Lord, are you serious? I can just see the disciples kind of after Jesus said that, just looking in his eyes, seeing if they'll see that wry smile or that joking look. But he's not sarcastic here. He's not joking around. He's actually serious. How are they going to pull this off? I could just hear the disciples talking amongst themselves, just kind of saying, hey, we didn't tell this crowd to follow you all day. They could have packed a supper ahead of time. Somebody else can give them something to eat. We, we're exhausted. Our social energy bar is way below 0% at this point. Let's just all go home, call it a day, let them figure it out all by themselves. We, even if we wanted to help, we have nothing to give. Can you blame the disciples for thinking the way that they did? I certainly can't. This was impossible. The challenges that were confronting them, they were unbeatable. And yet notice what goes on here. Now in my mind, the suggestion that they had to send the people away to at least let them get home before it gets too dark sounds like a pretty good idea. The problem, the issue with that theory is Jesus in a way. Because Jesus looked at them specifically and he said, you give them something to eat. You, the disciples, give them, the crowd, something to eat. And he doesn't shift that responsibility to anybody else. He doesn't shift that responsibility for us here today. His disciples, 2,000 years later, that command is still the same for us. You give them something to eat. How are we going to do that? Let's just start by, you know, picturing a scene in your life story. You're standing in front of somebody, whether it's a family member or a friend or even a complete stranger, you see the needs that they have. But that's all you can see. You see the impossible nature of trying to fill that void, whether it's a spiritual void or a physical challenge or an emotional need. All you can see are the impossibilities. How can we help? Now, making it specific, look at our church family right now. We're behind in our budget. 
We have so many things that God has called us to do both here at church and around our community, fulfilling and filling needs for people. Most of all, that spiritual searching that so many are doing to give them the answer to life's deepest questions. And we look at our budget and we look at the people we have and sometimes it's easy to wonder, Lord, how can we do everything you've asked us to do? Do we have the right people? Are we going to have the funding? All we can see are the impossibilities. Going deeper, even more personally, we see the people around us in our lives that so desperately are searching for answers that they just can't seem to find. And we want to help, but we look within, and all we can see are our own inadequacies, our own fears, our own lack of resources. In fact, a lot of times with this rat race of life, we're the ones that feel overwhelmed, right? I mean, complex family relationship challenges or work stress or personal struggles. We start thinking, you know, we're the ones needing attention, Jesus. I don't have anything else to give. In fact, I need something from someone to give to me. I need you. I need so much before I can even think about giving to somebody else. And all these feelings of inadequacy, all these feelings of not being able to measure up, we start kind of looking like the disciples a little bit, right? You and I, we start looking at other people. They can solve the problems better than we can. Instead of remembering that God has put people specifically in your life and mine, that he's called us to serve, that he's called us to fill needs for, but we just don't know how to do it. There's got to be someone who can do it better than I can. But Jesus doesn't shift the responsibility. Just like with the disciples, he looks at you, he looks at me, and he says, you, you, give them something to eat. How? Now, how do we start? How do we go forward? How is this all going to go? All these how questions, it's kind of like on your music app and you hit that repeat button without knowing it and the same track just goes around and around in your head. How do we change this? How do we go about completing the mission God has given to us? Well, this is where the disciples were at, too. This is where the Israelites were at in the Old Testament reading. This is where the Corinthians were at in the second reading. How would these how questions be answered? Let's see how Jesus answers them. So after the disciples say to him, Lord, we can't do this, he sends them on their own fact-finding expedition. So this is kind of a learner-oriented approach. He's hoping that they can make this discovery on their own. And so can you imagine them going through the crowd? And so, you know, they have this glimmer of hope that maybe, just maybe, we'll have enough resources to go around. And yet with each conversation they have, with each answer of, I didn't bring anything, or we don't have any food, or we got nothing, that hope just gets smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where all they find is five loaves of bread and two fish. And they come back to Jesus and they say, Lord, this is all we got. Now just think through this. Imagine after they give this bread and this fish to Jesus, I could just see them kind of huddling up together and saying, why did he have us do this? I mean, he knew after all how much food was out there. Is he just trying to overwhelm us? Is he trying to make us feel like failures? Because that's what we feel like. Jesus had them look into the cold eyes of reality because he wanted them to see something more. And he has you and me look into those same eyes too for the same reason. Why does he have you look at yourself sometimes and see everything that's lacking? 
When we have our own search and see mission, so often all we can see is how we come up short. Whether it's that friend who just lost their mom and you're trying to figure out a way to even help them begin to fill that void. Or that child that just went through this emotionally traumatic experience where he's getting bullied at school. How will I know what to say? Or that coworker or classmate that is always by themselves, they don't really talk to anybody, they have this depressed look on their face constantly. How can I be there for them? Look to see how Jesus answers those questions. So as all this is going on in the disciples' mind too, how are we going to fix this problem? Jesus does something really interesting. He gives them another instruction. He says, okay, now I want you to go back into that same crowd and I want you to tell them all where to sit. So you saw it there, the 50s, the 100s. He has them perfectly ordered and organized, almost like a banquet's about to start. And so the disciples do this. They have them all set up. Then Jesus takes those loaves. He takes the fish. He asks for God's blessing, his Father's blessing on the meal. And then it happens. So you can see that you know, the disciples come up to get the food. Jesus gives them a, you know, a loaf of bread here, a loaf of bread here. All of a sudden, those five loaves are gone pretty quick. The two fish are gone. And that, there's Jesus. He's just handing more out. They go out into the crowd. They come back. He just keeps giving them more and more. I mean, how is he doing this? I mean, the supply seemed to be limitless. There wasn't a tent of bread. There wasn't a cooler of fish sitting next to Jesus. He just kept on passing it out, passing it out. And then something even cooler happens. So Jesus had told the disciples to give them something to eat, right? Well, now the disciples were the waiters giving something to the crowd to eat. They were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. But the source of the food was far different than anything they could have ever imagined. The disciples kept looking at the barrier of impossibilities. Instead of looking at the God who makes a habit of making the impossible reality, the God who says, all things are possible for me. Nothing stands in my way of showing my love and providing for my people. When we can't see the how, we can't understand how we're going to get past all these impossible things. Jesus doesn't give up on you. He doesn't throw his hands up in the air and say, look, how do you not understand that I'm in control of all things? I have power over all things. He doesn't put a roast on trying to make you feel like you're a failure or useless in this mission. No, he does the exact opposite. He gives you a banquet in your honor. He writes, he has written letters for you in the Bible just for you to show you just how valuable you are to him. Through baptism, you're a part of his royal family. You have spirit-given gifts that are worth more than all the wealth in this world combined. He sees the things that you're longing for, the needs that you need to have filled, and he fills them and goes so far above and beyond. And we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Lord, give us our daily bread. He gives us that, but he gives us so much more than just the essentials, right? He fills our desire for purpose. He fills all the physical needs that we're struggling to get. He finds ways in his incredible nature, ways that seem impossible to us, he overcomes them to show his overwhelming and abundant love for you. When you have those people in your life standing in front of you that you know you got to be there for him. He gives you that strength. He gives you the words to speak. He gives you the resources. He gives you the things to do to show his love. 
You do have something that you can give. You will give them something to eat. Even as we look at the people around us who are struggling, he gives us what we need to help them, to serve them. As we look at our church, we see the the challenges we had to do the ministry work God has called us to do. He continually provides. We can't control our circumstances. But by faith, we have a Christ-focused perspective. And we see him in everything that we do. And that's the thing about Jesus. He doesn't just give you scraps. He gives you a feast. A small part of that is what we're going to be doing later with the Lord's Supper. Where he has this one-on-one meal with you and with your fellow believers or your family for eternity. He connects with you. And he shows you that he has given you what it takes You have something to give to the people in your life, your family, our community here in Howard County, and even to your own self-talk. Whenever you feel inadequate, or you feel like you can't serve, just read this section in Mark. Look at how Jesus so nonchalantly does the impossible. And this is another just incredible thing about Jesus, is so often he does things so far differently than at least I would think of doing it. You know, if I was Jesus and I could just make bread and fish just and keep passing it out to people, I'd be the one in the crowd doing it, seeing all the smiles. But Jesus kind of goes into the background here. He gives the disciples this incredible opportunity to be the ones to give these miraculous gifts, to see those smiles and those laughs of surprise and lives changed. And you, my dear Christian family, you have that same incredible waitress and waiter role too. Where you get to take these gifts that God has given us spiritually, materially, and you get to see the smile on those people's faces that God's called you to serve. You get to see lives forever transformed by the gospel. You get to see smiles of people that never thought they'd smile again. You do have something to give. You are able to give them something to eat. So when Jesus gives you that command, what are you going to give? You're going to give everything. Because the resources and the abilities at your disposal are limitless. And this isn't because you and I are some sort of superwoman or superman. No, it's because the giver of life has given you and me everything giver of life who puts into your heart this longing to reach out to other people whose hearts haven't been touched by Jesus yet. It's the heart that he gives you that as you look at the opportunities we have at our church to make an eternal difference in our community, all of a sudden you start seeing schedules opening up and wallets opening up and you see needs that you can fill. When you see that person struggling, even if it's a total stranger, you have this sense and this desire not just to say it's impossible, but to look at the possibilities that God has given you to serve them. When you think about our church family that we haven't seen, some of them for years, you know that they're thirsting and they're hungering for Christ and community, and you have what it takes to reach out to them, to encourage them, to see their shepherd's compassion through you. I just, I think through what was going through the disciples' minds as they're gathering up these 12 basketfuls of food afterwards and just how cool it must have been to see Jesus in action like that. But the thing is, Jesus is in action through you too. 
Maybe when you don't even realize that he is using you to show his love to people that need it. Maybe people like this crowd, they didn't realize that they'd get a meal out of this day. They didn't know what needs they had, but Jesus did. And what an honor it is that he uses you and me to carry out his mission to save the world, to help others both spiritually and physically too, to show our love and action. And the Holy Spirit will give us everything we need to accomplish the purpose he's given to us. So my dear Christian friends, go, you have something to give. Give them something to eat. Just don't forget that as you keep giving, keep running back to your Savior because Jesus has so much more that he wants to give you. Amen. And him who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask for or imagine, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.